Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, Wednesday, April. It's our first episode in April. Oh, it is. April 6th? I think it's Wednesday, April 6th. I believe you. (laughs) My name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel. Yes, yes. I'm here too to welcome you to the podcast. Now, we're not actually going to be giving you a whole new episode here. No, this is a reprint. That's right. We we have our uh, weekend off, so we can't record this week. We are... We're on the field, on report, in Anaheim. <laughs> on location. On location. We're attending Anaheim WonderCon 2022. Very awesome, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. Oh, man. Look at all the stuff I got. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the costume I'm wearing. The cosplay. <laughs> Big Congress convention. Um, so, we can't record this week. No. So, we're doing a reprint. And uh, in kind of like celebration of one of the special guests at WonderCon, we're doing one of her books, Becky Cloonan's By Chance or Providence. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, just thought, oh, it's fitting. We have to pick something. Why not? Something, uh, actually, it feels like a comic we don't typically do. Yeah. From what I remember, this book is three love stories. <laughs> That's right. Yes. You picked it. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was great. It surprised me, to be yeah. honest. But they're also like sad love stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, uh, you'll, you'll, I think you guys will dig it, even if you're maybe not the typical demographic for one of these things. Yeah. It's like a medieval times romance. Oh, Oh, man. We're also going to medieval times. That's that's also on the board for this weekend. (laughs) Talk about perfect comic book for this. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Okay. Maybe I'll fall in love while I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's a reprint of that. Uh, we won't have any news this week. We'll save it for next week. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll definitely talk about all things WonderCon that we did and saw there. But until then, um, enjoy a reprint of By Chance of Providence. I wanted to do more comic books by female creators. Yeah. I wanted to find like a female writer and a female artist or one or the other. Uh, I found both. Cool. Because today's comic, by chance or providence, is both written and illustrated by Becky Cloonan. Becky Cloonan. Okay. So she wrote it. She also did all the artwork. And then the colors are by artist Lee Loffridge. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I think that's a pretty pretty good guess. Yeah. So the book is by Image. I believe it came out around 2017 as uh, the complete trade. Um, It is actually three short stories. Yeah, yeah, another uh, short story uh, like comic we're doing this week. Collection, right? Yeah, um, they're all set in like chainmail, swords and sandals era, right? Like medieval, medieval fantasy almost, mm-hmm. and they're all like love stories. Okay, yeah. love stories. Um, but before we dive into it, a little bit about Becky. She was born in Prisa, Italy. Italy, Italia, Italia. Right? Yeah, you can't tell, but I'm talking with my hands right now. <laughs> But she went to school in New York at uh, New York School of Visual Arts. So that's where she kind of like developed her art skills for comic books. Honer skills. Gotcha. Uh, She's best known for her work um, called Demo, which is like an independent comic that came out uh, in 2004. Okay. Have you heard of Demo? Never heard of it. Demo. Hmm. Yeah. It was like a 12-issue comic book series. Um, Apparently, it was really good because... Wizard named it like the indie comic of the year when it came out, two thousand four. Nice, okay, two thousand four. Fairly yeah. older than it was all the also, comics I'm doing. Okay, yeah. Also nominated for two Eisner Awards, uh, best limited series and best single issue. So like, 
Really? I, now I want to check it out because I really like Chance of Providence and Demo sounds like it's really cool. That's interesting. I've never heard it before. Yeah. Demo. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I wanted to do like focus more on female creators. Mm-hmm. Um, CBR, comic book reporter, uh, named Becky the number three female comic book artist of all time. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's high up on the list. Uh, reading this, I really like how it's like a singular vision. You mm-hmm. can kind of feel the, the passion and love stories and all that. Yeah, it definitely fits. Even though they're three separate stories, they all fit in the same world necessarily. Like, Motif. Yeah. 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 And, and I really enjoyed it. Um, she, Like I said, she's number three on that list. She is number 14 for writing. So, oh. So she's on the list twice, for once for artists, one for writing. And she's only one of two female creators that are on both lists. Really? So okay. she's like a powerhouse. Good on you. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I've seen her work before. Yeah. Uh, another reason I really wanted to do this book and choose her her stories mm-hmm. was because she is the first female artist to draw the mainline Batman comic book. Really? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So very cool. Okay. Yeah. Batman, big deal. Yeah. So she's the first female to like be the main like artist for the interiors on that book. Pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. And she deserves it because I really enjoyed uh, the, the story we're doing today or stories. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about Lee, the colorist. Uh, a large part of why I like the book are the colors. Mm-hmm. It's very moody. Gets uh, like each of the, the palettes kind of puts you in the channeling of the mood. And get, yeah. Get the pacing of the timing too. Right. Um, like I said, these are like love stories, but they're also kind of like dark in a way. Mm-hmm. And Lee is known for like kind of like horror comics. Really? Yeah. So that's why he kind of fits for this, even though it's love stories. Uh, they're definitely like sad stories, right? Yes. Melancholy, I'll say. Yeah, exactly. Um, Lee also won uh, some awards in 2004. He won like the comic book buyer's guide for favorite colorist. Favorite colorist. Yeah. Okay. So even though like, I feel like the the stories are dark and set in like these kind of like what would be like monotone, grungy looking settings. Kind of gross. You'd expect it to be. Right. Yeah. They still have like these pops of color that make the characters kind of like, I don't know, you feel their emotions through the, the colors. Yeah. It's a, it is pleasant, even though it's such a dire. Right. I mean, if you lived in the middle ages, it's kind of rough. Yeah. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, like we said, it's three stories, right? Mm-hmm. The whole collection is called By Chance of Providence. Um, but the first story is called Wolves. Ooh. And right away, like, the artwork is already, like, I don't know, I'm so, like, drawn to it. Taken, you feel taken by, it, by yeah, the story already. it's just so captivating already, mm-hmm. right? And not just, like, the art of it, not just, like, how it's drawn or the style, but just, like, the actual frames of it. It's like, like you're watching a movie. Cinematography-wise. Yeah. What do you? What's the word for that in comics? Comicology? Yeah, panelology. <laughs> <laughs> but it starts off. It's like a, a snowy forest, right? Yes. And remember, this is like medieval times, right? Chainmail, suits of armor era. Yeah, um, but no chainmail for the first person we see. He's completely naked. <laughs> yeah, he he's got no clothes on. He's looking uh, kind of dire there, all sweaty and uh, tired, yeah. running through the uh, a snowy forest. Uh, we see him like washing his hands in the river and his eyes are like bloodshot red, right? Mm-hmm. Something's going on, right? 
uh, he grabs like a rock and this is how good he is. He throws the rock into the air to strike a bird. The bird lands and then he just like chews down on the bird. Just right? devours. It doesn't cook it or anything. Yeah. Feathers just and all. Digs his teeth into it. Yeah. And he's just like scarfing him all buck naked. Yes. <laughs> and he's like remembering his past, right? It seems like a guy that uh, is almost like cursed for what has happened, right? Yes. And we're, we're getting, as a readers, we're seeing what happened in the past. And he used to be like a like a knight. Just a warrior, yeah, right? For some the kind of like ranger or something, right? Mm. Like um, Viggo Mortensen, Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much that casting. This guy's got uh, br- uh, black hair, so long, you know, kind of a dashing man. Right. Uh, we see him in the same forest. This could be, I don't know, maybe a couple of days or a week prior yeah but instead of him just like hunting for birds he's hunting like a beast we should say now he's got clothes on he's yeah. got this is suit of prior prior yes. yeah uh, he's got a sword and he's kind of like just like hunting for something but also remembering a person that he left behind in like i'm guessing like the city or the castle which is this woman that apparently he is in love with. Yeah, just a gorgeous woman back at his home village. And we see these are flashbacks for sure because um, they're in this kind of um, muted red tone, kind of a brownish red. And we see them like getting it on, right? Yeah, let's get it on. They're in love. But he's also telling her like the king has like commissioned me to go hunt down something in the forest. The beast. Something the beast. Uh, possibly terrorizing the village, right? Right. And she's like, no, don't go. Like, uh, I need you to stay with me, right? Why Why does he always send you? And he's like, who else is he going to send? I'm, I'm the best. He's right? just the best around. I, I'm just slaying. <laughs> he's so, the hunter, yeah. Uh, he is being sent by the king to go find this creature, right? Um, and we now see him hunting this creature. What he does is like he has like a sack of um, looks like animal bones, chicken bones, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And he's like dropping them along the woods, and then he's also even like cutting his palm to drip some blood down, right? And it works because this creature finds him automatically, and it is like a giant werewolf. It's uh, it's like really lanky and tall. Face is kind of cat-like. It's almost more like a chupacabra type of monster. Right, yeah. yeah. Do you remember how werewolves look in the Harry Potter universe? Yes. Like almost like long limbs, uh, right? Lichens. Yeah. Yeah, they're like lichens, right? Big beady eyes, and that's what even what this guy says. Like, it's not the claws that scare me or the teeth. It's the eyes. The eyes are like striking. Draws right? him into it and he knows this is a battle in front of him. And this beast just pounces right on top of him, uh, face right on mm. his sword. Yeah. He's like using his sword to like push the beast away. But the beast's teeth are like so sharp. Like it's almost like breaking the sword. As sharp as a sword. Yeah. And it's like clawing at him and he's like trying to slash at it. And blood is going everywhere. And he's trying to like crawl away from it, right? Because it's on top of him. And they're pretty much like crawling further towards the edge of the cliff. How dramatic. Yeah, it is so cool. The, the cliff looks like um, where like Mufasa lives. Yeah. <laughs> Pride Rock. <laughs> okay. I like the correlation there. Yeah. But uh, he's on his back. He's not doing too good. Our our warrior here as the this beast continually lunges towards him. Right. And he's pretty much like has no choice as the beast jumps on him. He uses his sword to like stab the beast like through the head, right? straight into the head, 
and he we just see like all the blood of the beast going down its face, the wolf's face, and then like the guy is covered in blood too, and he realizes now like ah oh, I know why like the king sent me yes. right why him yeah and he realizes now and it is like the morning now he is taking like a big cloth to wrap up the corpse of the beast mm-hmm. and you know prove that he killed it to bring it back to the king so he straps it onto his horse and he voyages back to the city and we just get some gorgeous uh, shots of the the wilderness all the way to the city um you know he's victorious he killed the beast but he doesn't look happy no he doesn't look victorious at all just so dour um he reaches like the edge of the the city right there and we see the guards and they're like Open the gates! <laughs> <laughs> Our warrior is back. Yeah. And he's carrying the corpse all wrapped up. And we see he's like in front of the king now, like in the courtyard or whatever. Yeah. And he drops the corpse down. We don't see the full body, but we see the hand like reach out, out of the, the rags. It folds out. And it like the drops hand. down. Yeah. But it's not a beast hand. No. It's not, not a hairy. werewolf hand. Yeah. It is a very feminine and womanly hand just juts out from the the wrappings there. Mm-hmm. And the king's like, well, Hunter, take your reward and go. You can never return. You are cursed, right? Ooh. And he throws him like a sack of coins. It's always a sack of coins. There's no like actual quantity of given amount of coins. It's just like a sack. You get a sack of coins. Back then, people didn't didn't know how to count. Okay, <laughs> yeah. it's what you did. Yep, everyone knows how much a sack is. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's like a feeling, right? <laughs> That's enough. And then when you open the coins, it's foil and there's chocolate inside. <laughs> good deal, good deal. But he's carrying his reward, I guess. Right, still looking super depressed, right? And he's leaving the city. The king's like, never. You can never come back. You're cursed. Yeah, exiled. Right. And all like the guards and stuff are like making sure he leaves. They're all watching him. And his face is still like covered in dirt, covered in blood. Right. And he is now like living, like lives in the forest. Right. Like as he walks across the forest, part of his clothes just fall off and off. He's like going into his his nude uh, yeah. outfit. And and then we catch up to where he was in the beginning of the story, naked in the forest, and he is cursed because uh, his curse is not that he's become a monster, okay, but his curse is that he has to live the rest of his life knowing he killed the monster, the werewolf, which is actually the woman he loved. It could only be him. Yeah, and that's why it could only be him because the woman he loved. Uh, I believe, like they allude to it, it's actually like the queen or something like that. Or oh. yeah, and that's because it was like a forbidden love that they had. It was a revenge thing. Yeah, king and the king knew. found out. Uh, okay, that makes sense because he's always going back to her chambers, and it's like right. royalty chambers, not yeah any old gal of the, mm-hmm. the village. And there's even uh, references to the thing where, like, when he's hunting the beast, he's like, "I've taken greater risk than this." Oh, like, meaning risk like he's. Snuck into her chambers before, the right? The subtleties there. Yeah. A lot of this book is like, it's just leads you into like assumptions, but it's not specific on what the relationships are or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's how it ends. Him cursed to walk the forest, not as a monster, but living the rest of his life, knowing he killed the woman he loved. The woman he loved. So he just kind of uh, sat there walking across the gray woods. Yeah. Uh, 
you, we usually wait till the end mm-hmm. to talk about what you think of the book. What do you think of this first story? Specific story. Uh, there's subtleties there that I didn't even catch until we talked sure. about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. There, yeah. I, I, multiple readings can give you something with this. And uh, I like the twist there and everything. And um, kind of it delivers on that feeling it's trying to give you. That kind of sad. Yeah, definitely. But definitely can feel the, the romance in the air mm-hmm. up to a point. <laughs> yeah. Um, throughout all these stories, all three stories, but specifically this one. Yeah. There's uh, not a lot of actual text. Dialogue. Dialogue mm-hmm. or, yeah, or narrative. There's could be like full pages of no text, which is fine because you get the story through the artwork and uh, it almost tells more than if you just filled it with text. Yeah, because, you know, you're imagining, you're writing in your own head mm-hmm. looking at the picture. Picture tells a thousand words. Yeah, so I I, I really like that one. Um, Wolves. I think it was a good, like, first story intro to, like, this world that she's writing. I think it paints definitely the, the tone that we're going for for the book. Yeah, and I will say I think they do get better and better. Really? Yeah, because number two is called The Mire. Um, and we see, again, it's a knight guy, right? Yes. And it looks like he's like a pretty high-ranking knight. Like he's like maybe almost like a general or something. A general of some type of army of knights. And he has a pen and quill writing out a letter. Right. And he isn't like, you can tell he's like a higher up because they're at like almost like a, a base for a battlefield. A camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he has like his own big-ass tent. Right. And he even has a squire. Yeah. Right. That, that's uh, your little uh, lad, younger gentleman that you're trying to... He is an intern. <laughs> yeah. Teach to be a knight. <laughs> Knightly duties. And uh, his squire's name is Aiden. Yeah. Which uh, there's a, like a sitcom that I think is funny where there's a character named Aiden, they call him. All right. But uh, I can only hear that when I'm reading the book, how they call him. He's like, Aiden? I don't even know you're <laughs> okay, talking Never about. mind. Okay. But uh, he's calling for his squire, Aiden, right? And he comes in. And this is like uh, almost like a preteen boy or maybe like very young teenager, right? Yeah. For our, our anime fans, I describe him as Edward Ulrich from Full Metal Alchemist. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to just trust you. <laughs> Believe me. Okay. For our regular listeners, <laughs> he's like, uh, I don't know, 14-year-old boy. <laughs> That, that's one way to do it. <laughs> and he's um, following the call. And it, apparently the the knight that he's serving, his name is, is it Owain? Owan? Sir Owain. Owain? Yeah. yeah. It's O-W-A-I-N. You know Owain. how old English gets weird. Yeah. It's probably like Owen, yeah. right? And uh, like we said, he's writing a letter, right? Mm. With a quill, like a feather. Writing a letter uh, for his sire, um, Aiden to take and uh, be the messenger for it, right? Right. And he's like, okay, make sure you bring this letter um, to this castle. But to get to the castle, you actually have to go through the mire, which is like this dark woods that some people say is like almost like haunted. Yes, this um, withering swamp, actually. The mire, right. I had to look it up. Okay. It what is means the mire? swampy, boggy ground. Okay. Yeah. Go through the bog. Go through the, the, the mire. Okay. And he does a thing where like he melts some wax. And puts it on the paper and then stamps it. Official. Oh, sure. That's so cool. I've always wanted those in real life. Yeah. I, I used to actually think, I used to think that was like a candy thing. Because it looked like candy. <laughs> Since I'm a taffy? Yeah. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah. I thought like you could, when you give that to someone, they could like eat it. <laughs> then I realized, oh, it's wax. You know, interesting. Half my army is gone. But at least I get this candy. <laughs> 
And he's telling the boy, okay, you know, bring this letter to the lady of the castle, right? Okay. That castle. And he's saying like, it takes like a day to get there. So it'll take a day to get back. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the squire, the boy, Aiden's like, yeah, but the big battles like tomorrow, I'm going to miss it. Right. I've been training and helping you because I know this big battle is coming. Right. This is uh, what I've been training for. I'm supposed to be in the, this is supposed to be my first battle. Right. right yeah. And Owain is like, don't worry, there'll be other battles, right? This is not a big deal. This is more important that this letter is delivered, which Aiden's like, this is BS, right? Like, I got to deliver a letter instead of fight. Right? This is uh, busy work. But but no, Owain says it's a matter of life and death. Yeah. So you better do this, right? And then Aiden's like, fine, I'll do it. But I'll, I'm going to go so fast that I can get back and still, like, catch the end of the battle. <laughs> But remember, he has to go through the mire, which is some people think is like scary and haunted. Haunted, uh, a very dark swamp. And he goes on the voyage and he passes through the mire. The way they described it is as he like walks across it, it feels like the closer he gets into it, the farther away the swamp. It's like it grows or something. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like never ending once he gets in there. Yeah. Somewhat magical or something in the atmosphere. As he's like going in, like reaching the border to actually go in there, mm-hmm. we, we even see like crows. Like, look, there's always like scary crows around. Yeah. When something's haunted. Of course. And it's like really muddy. He has to like stop to eat because it's pretty far, right? Like, remember, it says like it could take like a day to get there. And he starts hearing things. Like, of course, when you're alone, you start hearing things. And he just like talks to himself, a ghost? What is that? Yeah. It's got to be something out there, right? Who's there, right? And he's walking and we do see that there is something there. And it's this dude who looks like almost like a lord or something, right? Or like whatever a beast was before Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Yes, a lord. I know the whole lore of it. Okay. (laughs) And he's riding a horse. But when we get a closer look at him, uh, he looks like almost like zombified or like a corpse. Yeah, he looks like he's got a... It's interesting. He's got like a wrinkly old face, but... uh, his face is painted in white and then black as if he's a skull face. Yeah. And like, he's like missing the nose, like a skull, but he has got like long hair locks, right? Yes. Luscious and locks. He, he He's in like regal attire. He's riding like a, a horse that's alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. He has like maggots all crawling through like his like mouth and nose and up to his eyes and stuff. Yeah. We should say a lot of the male characters in this have long black hair. Yeah. I think uh, a writer has a type. Okay. <laughs> because uh, yeah. the dedication for the book, yeah. this is dedicated for all those who have a crush on characters. Yeah, I think she she knows what she likes. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I see the passion there. But Aiden sees this guy and he is terrified. Mm. And he's just running. Like There's literally like two panels of him like, ah, like running away. <laughs> it's true. The ghosts are real. Yep. And he just keeps running. He doesn't even like, can not even look at where he's going. Like he just has his arms above his eyes running through like the bushes, right? Yeah. That, that weird man is just chasing him, yelling out trespasser. Right. I don't know how he can outrun a horse, but Aiden can run. He can run. I thought he's a kid. Maybe he can just dodge out of the way. He runs so far that he finally reaches like the old castle, like at the center of the mire or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And he sees like it's this giant castle. And it's really quiet, like abandoned. A castle should be filled with people and everything, yeah. but it's silent. He walks in, like the door, big ass door, like creaks. It's dark in there. He doesn't see anybody. 
but he does see like this giant like portrait of the lady and the lord of that castle, right? Yes. Like it's super big. Like at first you think it's regular size because you see it close up and then you see it compared to Aiden and he is like the size of their hand in the portrait. He's tiny compared to this gigantic painting. And it says he's, he's saying like the eyes, it's like no matter where I go. The woman in the painting, like the eyes keep like looking at him. Yeah. It's somewhat as if he recognizes the woman, like exactly. they've known each other before. Yeah. And he's like going up the spiral steps of the castle. He's trying to find if anyone's there. He's calling out and he finally hears someone like answer his call. Yes. He's, he says, I have a letter from Sir Owain. Yeah. Um, and someone is in, uh, you know, those, those curtained off beds that they had in right. middle ages. Um, and someone in there is saying, come closer. Yeah. And he has to like slowly pull back the current of the bed. And the person's like, don't be afraid. And when he sees it, it is like the lady of the castle, but also like a corpse, dead body. Zombified, uh, no eyes, sunken nose. Yeah. Corpse body. Yeah. The teeth are like all gnarly because like the lips have like dried back so you could see like the gums and the teeth right gross and but also like in like lady garb like royalty garb and through her chest is like a, a dagger yeah um so she's just laying there and she's able to speak and she recognizes aiden yes. she knows his name yeah she's like finally i get to see you it's been so long or whatever and he's like i i don't i don't get it I, what is going on here and she's like uh, you have to read the letter. And he's like, well, the letter is for you. I was supposed to deliver it. And she's like, no, it's actually for you. Right. Mm. And he starts opening it. He rips the little wax seal and he starts reading it. The message of the letter talks about um, uh, recalling first time going into the mire, the, the withering swamp. Yeah. It's Owain like years ago when he was just like a nobody knight. Remember now he's like high up there. Yeah. Back then he was just like, I don't know, whatever you call it, a rookie, right? He was uh, just above a sire, a squire. He says he was just a son of like a blacksmith, so he was not anything special, right? Yeah, not any any lord or anything like that. So his job actually then was just almost like a bodyguard to this lady while all the real knights and the lord of this castle went to go fight this battle, right? I see. Okay, so the, the lord of the castle was gone at this point. Right, and it was like, it was only him and her. His job was like to protect her for like three months. And of course, they end up falling in love, right? Yeah. And doing things. Right? <laughs> Let's get in. It's a very romantic comic, I gotta say. Yeah. And we even see like uh, him leaving uh, and then like months later, someone finding Owain and this person, I guess, works for like the castle, like for the lady. For the lady. And she reveals that she's with a baby. She's holding a baby. Oh. And she's like, the lord of the castle or whatever told me to drown it, but I couldn't. So I have to bring it to you. And this, of course, is Aiden. He ends up raising Aiden like a squire, right? Yes. So this whole message is a message to Aiden. From Owain, yeah, um, letting him know that he is his son. I'm actually your dad this whole time, and I treated you like, <laughs> like a servant. <laughs> Not a servant, a, a squire. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, this is where you come from, like this castle, right? And I sent you all the way here because I knew you would miss the battle because we now see Owain in present time 
and he's like slain on the battlefield. Like, yes. He knew they were going to lose. He messages uh, Aiden, I'll come back to the battlefield uh, now and find my dead body. He knew he was yeah. going to be gone in this battle. Yeah. Bury me. I know it's going to take you two days to come back. So like by then the battle will be over. I'll be dead and you can bury me. So in a way it's like protecting Aiden. Like I know we're going to lose. I might as well just tell you everything and then you could come back when it's over. Yeah. So that was uh, that was the Meyer, the second installment yeah. of our book. I really liked it. Yeah. I think it's better than the first one. I really like it. It's the same like length, but it seems like it fit more stuff into it. Hmm. Like especially with like the zombie lord guy, he looked really cool riding his horse. <laughs> you just like the like the gross uh, grotesqueness of it. Yeah, it was almost like almost like a headless horseman, but you know, I thought it was like right? a like many of a ghost rider type thing. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I, I think we're missing the point, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> the second story, um, you know, take it at, at a different angle. It's not uh, all just about the love story between a, a, a sure. man and a woman. It is like um, a love for his son. Exactly, yeah. So it's a, it's a love story, but to protect his son. Yeah. That he didn't even know that that was his dad, right? The whole time. Yeah. 14 years. A lot of these is like, so far, women cheating on their husbands with knights. <laughs> I guess. I guess we're getting a specific vibe here. Yeah. Yeah. So say what you will. I feel bad for the kings, though. Also, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the kings and the lords. They're doing good already. Yeah. Maybe they're jerk husbands, though. I mean, probably. Prima nocta. Do you know what that is? I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll explain it to you later. Okay. <laughs> but the third and final book is called Demeter. Yeah. And I, when I was researching this book, a lot of people said like, this is like kind of like the best one. It was my favorite. Yeah. It's the third and final uh, story. Um, and yes, it is in the same like fantasy medieval time, mm-hmm. but it's not like castles and knights and battles, right? This one is almost like they're in the countryside. Yeah, yeah, somewhat maybe um, seafaring folk. Exactly, they're like uh, by the edge of the ocean, almost right, mm-hmm. almost like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Uh, thinking back, also like Becky wrote and drew these, like the way she draws, just like the landscapes look really cool, and like the first page is like we see the setting where it's like the edge of this big cliff next to the ocean. And it's like a stormy night. And the even the way she drew lightning is like different and cooler than I've seen lightning before. It's interesting how the, the lightning, you can see the flash of lightning is what's illuminating the, the, the side of the, right. the rocky side. Exactly. It's really interesting. Yeah. And we see two people in like this cottage house right there. And they're in bed, naked, uh, spooning. Yeah, right? they're a happy couple, it looks like, in this small cottage. Uh, the dude is like... Hugging the woman and he's like, almost like he's like so in love. Right? So cutesy here. He's even saying like, tell me like the story of how we met. Yeah. Because apparently like he doesn't remember his whole life. I think he just has amnesia almost. Okay. Uh, and so she starts to go into the story talking about how they met at a market. And then he stops her saying, yeah. no, no, tell me the other story of how we met. Yeah. And the story she says is like, there was, I guess, a sea ship wreckage, and he floated to shore unconscious, and she saved him and like brought him back to life and 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 fell in love with him. Yeah, so she he just uh, landed on the shore of of her her countryside there. Yeah, and now we see it's like the next day. 
uh, apparently his job is like some kind of fisherman, right? Yeah, seafaring folk, right? Yeah, so he takes like this little boat and he goes off to like go catch fish, right? And while she stays and like does the farm work. And she even says like every time he leaves, it's like almost like she prays that she he comes back because, you know, the sea is like... Treacherous. Yeah, no one can command the seas. The seas are <laughs> in charge. And um, we know now that that story she just told, it's not the full story. There's some type of secret that she's keeping to herself. Exactly. And it's nighttime. Uh, she's chopping up some carrots, cooking dinner, and looking out through her, like the kitchen window towards like the shore, she sees like this dark figure, but like covered in almost like an animal skin cloth. Like fur over her the the person's head, and this weird uh, figure is is sushing like shh yeah right, and she's like terrified of this yes, and she gets startled, and the the dude is like, "Well, is everything okay, right?" Mm-hmm. And he's like checking up on her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it's fine, it's fine." Uh, also, if we notice, like the dude is like way paler than her. Yeah, almost uh, vampiric or something. Yeah. Just really pale. And we see the person uh, that, that scared her shushing, almost like watching them through the window outside. Yeah, like like fingernails on the yeah. on the windowsill. <laughs> but she forgets all about being scared because they just start making out and like it is like nonstop banging in this cottage. Uh, training spit and all that and other stuff. <laughs> While the person that scared her is like watching the whole time through the window. Staring, yes. And there's this weird, you know, motif around everything with the, the sea and the, the waves of the ocean surrounding everything. And we know that the the girl is just scared that the sea is going to come back for right. recompense is the word they use. Yeah. The person that, she's, that scared her, like this being that's all dark, right? Uh, we get to see her eyes because it looks like a female, right? Mm-hmm. And the eyes look like... Even though she's not looking at the waves, it's like reflections of the waves in her eyes. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool. Really good detail there. And the woman now, like, is remembering, like, the truth, the secret she's been keeping, is that, I guess, when that wreckage did happen, the big accident that destroyed the big ship, uh, I guess she went down to the coast and she did this thing where she slit her hand, right? Yes. And she did this, like, almost like a, a sacrifice or a pledge. It's, and she says, like, seven months of life for seven drops of blood. Ooh, okay. So that's a ritual, right? right? A pact with the sea. Yeah. And I don't know if you see it now. Like, she went back down to the shore. We could see, like, the scar on her hand where she did cut herself back then. I see. And that evil being is, like, lurching behind her, watching her. Yeah, it's like this, some type of hag, whatever, being on the corner. <laughs> yeah. Like, shh. It's constantly going shh like uh, that, right? Yeah, really uh, eerie there. Yeah. Um, it's like the next day now, like they just keep trying to continue with their life, even though she knows that something is like out there watching them. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to keep it a secret from him. And she's doing her like, daily chore. She's cleaning. She even does the thing where like she just grabs the sheep and like slits its throat for dinner, right? Oh, okay. Some type of, she said, we're going to have stew tonight. Yeah. And the husband or the, the guy comes home, right, mm-hmm. from from his little ship that he's been fishing all day. He comes in and he's like, why are you crying? And she's already like crying as soon as he gets there. And she's always like worried that he's never going to come back from the sea, right? Yes. Which, if you're so worried, why are you making him a fisherman? <laughs> <laughs> it's what he loves. It's what he loves to do. 
The girl is saying, you, do you know what today is? It's seven months since your shipwreck. Yeah, since I met you, right? And he doesn't know what's special about that uh, length of time at all. Yeah. And apparently, like, you know, it's the end of, like, the promise or the the, the, deal. the deal that she made with the sea. Mm-hmm. And it's nighttime now. They're both asleep in bed, and he hears something. So he goes to go check it out. Uh, but then she's like, no, don't go. Stay here. I'll go, right? Right. She's scared that he's going to go and never come back. Mm-hmm. So she goes. She grabs the uh, the kitchen knife with her as she leaves the cottage. And the guy lights a candle and a lock falls off a chest in their cottage. Mm-hmm. Something is inside. Uh, inside looks like some type of fur drapery. Right. Uh, it looks just like what the other being was covered in, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes down to the shore to uh, almost like to plead with the sea to like give me more time right and of course the sea's like no right that's not the deal it's <laughs> not the deal look he's already like coming like he's coming back to the sea and she looks up at the cliff and he is like walking down wearing the like the fur and almost like he's remembered everything yes he remembers all uh, the whole deal um of him actually dying right yeah he and should be dead he should be dead he should be a loss of life already um and he's just dour some more with the the fur like on top of his head it looks just like the hag from earlier yeah and, and she's like saying sorry please forgive me and he's like how can i ever forgive you like you kind of like took the peace away from me is what I, I'm I'm translating it as mm-hmm. because he kind of goes back into the ocean and just like sinks all the way down to the point where like we see where his actual like shipwreck and his corpse would be like it's just like skull and bones down there. Yes. Yeah, so it sounds like he is um, promised to the sea and forever he will just kind of drift in the ocean. Exactly. Like, as one of these, whatever these are. Yeah. Because like w- the way I would translate it or how I read it as was he should have died and he was be dead and he'd be like in peace, right? Yeah. But she was so greedy to have him back that she brought him back to life for seven months and cursed him to like for after seven months just be part of the sea forever. Like, part of the ocean. Like, you know, conscious and not dead, like be undead in the ocean. Like whatever that first hag was, he's got to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. He's part of them now. Part of them, yeah. yeah. And we see it's like seven years later. She's still living in that cottage, right? But she has like a daughter now. Oh. And the daughter looks just like her. And they're like collecting like, I think like shells at the shore. Yeah, some type of uh, oysters or something like that. Yeah. And then she hears something, the daughter, and she looks back. And we see the dude like standing in uh, in the water, right? Yeah, still draped in that fur over his head as uh, he kind of looks at the little girl and just shushes. Yeah, he says like, shh. Which when when the other one was saying shh like that, I, I always assume that's like the sound of the waves, right? Oh, that's how I connected that. The sea, right? The sea. Yeah. And that's how that one ends. Almost like he's trying to get his daughter, right, to join him. Almost, I, th- I thought or? it was just like saying hello. Hello. Like, okay. I'm, well, I'm, he looks I'm, creepy. <laughs> I think it's it's sweet at the end. Like he's like saying hello. All right. I'm your dad. I'm your dad. <laughs> uh, we copied this from Pirates of the Caribbean. That's what I'm going to say. It's just like the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Uh, but I think better. Yeah, better. Know, probably better. Uh, so that's it. The three stories. We had Wolves, The Mire, Demeter. Uh, I think I like The Mire 
More? My favorite, the middle story. I think the last one was my favorite. It's just kind of interesting there, a little bit away from the motif of knights and all that, but sure. same era. And um, I thought it was just interesting. Like, uh, I don't know. More guess, mythology The there. way she draws to Becky, uh, Clunid draws, like, though, like in the Demeter, the way she draws, like, the waves. And it's almost like blending these people into... Well, it looks like, especially the last page, like it looks like he's in the water, mm-hmm. like, but he's like part of the water, not that he's standing in the water. Yeah, he's she's really delivering on the motif of motif of each issue of each, each story. Yeah, or like this is like the sea, right? And right, the mire has the bogginess and like kind of uh-huh. undead aspect of it, and then like the wolves and like the snowy forest and the naked guy. <laughs> She's got a type, you know, long-haired, tall uh, knights. Yeah, definitely. All the guys have long, dark hair in this book. Uh, that's cool. She's got a singular vision, and I appreciate that. Like, I, you can really see the passion in this. Uh, I just love that she knows what she likes, yeah. even in stories. It makes me wish she wrote a longer love story actual book, like mm-hmm. or a graphic novel. Yeah. Like, not short stories, but I want to s- see what she can do in this style, in this kind of fantasy world. Uh, with like I don't know, hundred fifty page story. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe in the same kind of era or whatever. Yeah. But then again, I like you know creators mixing it up and doing short stories. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of them in their head. Yeah. I want to see more of that actually too. What's cool about this trade when the collection came out was, you have the three stories and then the last few pages are like her sketches and what she was drawing before she had that. I think the whole story she was just drawing to get the idea of what she's trying to develop. Just fold them out of her head. So you see a lot of the characters, but then we also see characters that are not in the story, just like styles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And honestly, these images look really cool. Like it's part of why I like the book so much is the imagery is so like, I don't know. It's almost like you could stare at a picture and then yeah. write the he- the story in your head. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, man, it's so cool. Like, and the colors with it definitely like support the I don't know the the love and emotions in the book mm-hmm. I it's, think part it's not of it, just like whatever this looked like it no the colors are kind of different than what it is in reality intertwined and it also it's part of the storytelling because some of it is flashbacks mm-hmm. yeah and that was a good job of that I could totally see that when it was a flashback and when it was not because of the coloring yeah so um, if you like short stories if you like these fantasy love stories yeah this is probably like one of the best ones I'd say the art is great in it. It's very much kind of this uh, Tumblr style art. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's the best way to describe it. And, uh, you know, medieval Tumblr stuff. art. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I'm going to look into more of her work. I'm going to look into the issues that she drew for Batman. I think she did Gotham, uh, Is it Gotham Academy. Academy. Yeah. 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 So very cool. Um, definitely check it out. It's called uh, By Chance or Providence. And also that title is said in the dialogue of the the book and i really like when they do that (laughs) (laughs) what a nerd okay yeah and it's totally an easy read but not like it's an easy read but not like uh unsatisfying yeah it has substance there definitely and uh, dig into the story and kind of write in yourself yeah cool so that is our book for this week um you want to get to side stories yeah good pick there I just watched, and you watched it too, but I want to talk about it for my side story. All right. Uh, a Hulu original rom-com movie, and it is called The Happiest Season. Yeah, yeah, on, on Hulu, watched it with you. Yeah. I kind of think Hulu's starting to come out with some pretty good original stuff, especially in the rom-com category. 
Then maybe do something there. Yeah. I enjoyed Palm Springs that came out earlier this year. That was your thing, yeah. Yeah. And I I did really enjoy Happiest Season. Uh, it stars Kristen Stewart. Right? Yeah. And I think it's the best thing I've seen her in. Maybe <laughs> because I don't like the other stuff she's in. Yeah. So everything besides Twilight is what you're saying. I think it's the best thing I've seen her in. <laughs> Uh, she is in like a, a lesbian couple in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And she has to go back to her girlfriend's like home during Christmas. Yeah. That girlfriend is played by, I think her name is Mackenzie Davis and she's right. on uh Hold and Catch Fire. Mm-hmm. I really like that show. Yeah. Uh, and then as they're going there, she finds out that her girlfriend's parents don't know that she's a lesbian or that they're even a couple. And she has to hide that the whole trip. Yeah, that's the premise of the movie. Uh, the girlfriend has like this pristine like family. Right. The dad is running for mayor of the town. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, also in the cast is like Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, who I really both of those actors actresses I really think are really funny and I really like them in it. And then I don't know the name of the youngest sister. I don't know either. But she's actually uh, to me like the funniest character, like the breakout of the movie. She's hilarious. Yeah. I think I've only seen her in commercials. <laughs> and each of those she's done a good job. Yeah. So uh I it's like I said, it's a rom com, but I think it's definitely slightly more calm than rom. I find it hilarious sometimes. Yeah, I think it's re- very funny. Yeah. Bust out I, laughing. I already love Christmas, so yeah. anything in that genre already I'm gonna enjoy. I think it's the happiest season. Yeah. Honestly, yes. <laughs> Um, there are some things where like you could kind of see it coming, like just the way love stories are structured. It's a it's a rom com. Yeah, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Guess what? They get mad at each other and then they end up with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Big news. Yeah. Um, but overall, I I really think it it's cool that we see like it's a a gay couple, not a guy and a girl that we typically see, right? Yeah. And that brings another element to it as far as like having to come out to your parents and. Uh, for like some, it's easy for some, it's really hard and we get to see both sides of it. And, um, I don't know. I, I really enjoy movies, like not family movies, but movies where the family has to be all together for some reason. Like a holiday? Like a holiday. I love like meet the Fockers, right? Yeah. There's another movie, I forget what it's called, but like, uh, with like Jason, Jason Bateman and Tina Fey and Adam Driver. Do you know? Yeah, I that barely, movie? I think that what happened was their father died. Their father died. Yeah. And I guess in, uh, Jewish culture, when a parent dies, all the children live in the same house for a while. That's right? a thing. Yeah. Huh, that's news to me. I think that's what the story of the movie was. That's why they all were there for okay. like the weekend or whatever. Uh, but yeah, any movie where like families are forced together again, uh, I really enjoy. Dan in Real Life is another movie like that okay. where the, all the family, the big family goes camping together. Uh, I don't know why. I come from a big family, so I like those movies. I like these uh, movies where the the family members kind of hate each other a bit. Yes. And they like, oh, okay, you again. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when like they're all... Uh, keeping secrets from one another, but when they're all together, they have to pretend like they all are nice to each other. Yes, yes, yeah, he's walking eggshells and all that. Yeah. Um, grown-ups, I kind of like grown-ups. Are you serious? <laughs> are you being serious? <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it's, it's dumb, but I kind of like it just because it's a lot of people <laughs> all living together. But happy season, uh, I enjoy, I recommend, especially this time of year. And I think Hulu's doing some good stuff. 
Yeah, I think uh, you know it's it's Christmas season. Just mm-hmm. pops up the non that's okay to watch. Not not gonna not too intense. Nothing to keep track of. Nothing you're gonna have to uh, memorize every part for your podcast. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but happy season. It's a good good enjoyable thing. Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it. Yeah, I thought my favorite part is that it's just hilarious. Actually, yeah. That that younger sister. I want to see her more stuff. Actually, mm-hmm. she plays like the kind of awkward sibling that. Is just wants attention, but the parents neglect kind of. Does not get the quirky one. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think she's definitely like the funniest character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also see like a different version of character that Allison Bree plays that usually we don't see her play. She's usually the likable one. Yeah. She's playing like a stern one this time. Mm. So it's cool uh, that we get to see that. But uh, I, I do strongly believe it's the best Thing I've seen Kristen Stewart in. Yeah, I was gonna say she did a good job. I yeah, don't. She's the lead, and I think she just did pretty good. I can't like imagine her in any other rom com. Yeah, like, I can't even her imagine her cracking in a joke. Mm-hmm. But it worked out. It was pretty good. Yeah, so definitely check out Happiest Season if you have a Hulu subscription. Yeah, because what else are you using that subscription <laughs> for? You're just like watching all the the shows that are coming out right now, right? Keeping up to okay. date. What is coming out? Okay. I don't know. All right. What do you got for side stories? Uh, so you know what? What's been so good right now is Mandalorian. Yes, it's been amazing. That's not my side story, but just I mean, it's, it's just so good this season. We never talk about it because everyone's talking about it because we know it's good. We don't want to spoil anything either. Maybe you know, uh, you might on. be an episode behind. You, all right, you've seen it. Yeah, by by Monday, you've seen it. Man, I I'm, when I'm watching it, right, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it's like even a jump better than last season. Uh, yeah, world's better. Other, a, other planets better. Other planets better. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything. So, yeah, be okay. warned, guys. But it's just crazy, making me crave more Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really want to rewatch any of the trilogies again right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving uh, Star Wars Rebels a try. That's a good cartoon, I heard. It's a pretty good cartoon. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost done with the first season, and I just wanted more Star Wars stuff. I thought it was going to be a lot more of the um, like ragtag team, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, dirty scoundrels. Yeah. That's what they are, but it also has the, the Jedi stuff in there. I didn't know there was Force Jedi yeah, stuff in this. Definitely. I didn't know that at all. Okay. <laughs> but jumping into it, it's really good. It's um, uh, just more Jedi stuff. I don't... I, I, I'm kind of like okay with the kitty aspect of it. It is a, a kid's show, right? Yeah, I think it gets more serious later on. I, I think but, so. I mean, it is. it was on Disney Channel. It's got to introduce that. It's a kid's show and build up the whole intensity later on. Yes. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, that like main villain, the Inquisitor. Yeah. I was wondering if she, she he's kind of looks like the, a clone of the, the villain in, uh, in Star Wars, Clone Wars, the cartoon. Okay. But uh, he seems pretty cool too. I don't know. Sure. But the ragtag team, they, they seem enjoyable. Like there's a big alien on there that- uh, Right. The purple alien. It was, uh, the R2 unit is like Chopper, right? Yeah, the R2 unit. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah, cool. He, was, he showed up in Rogue One, I believe. Really? The movie. Like he was just walking by. Oh, okay. Just yeah. like an extra- yeah, <laughs> but it was like him. They hired a, yeah. a, a well, he's a cartoon, but okay, uh, <laughs> of a robot. You know, you would like when you get to Star Wars properties. It's either the uh, the uh, prophesized child that will be sure. the part of the lineage, but this is not that. These are the, like the tertiary characters mm-hmm. doing something in between the the movies. Um, They're nobody. Not <laughs> <but> to me. <laughs> but yeah, this is. Uh, I believe it takes part. 
after the the main trilogy? No, I think it's before the after the prequels. After the prequels, before the main trilogy. Yeah, they're forming like the Rebel Alliance. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I just want to like build that more mythos in my head. I know there's like missing yeah. pieces there that I don't know about Star Wars, so I'm enjoying mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Uh, I know uh, Ahsoka shows up on this show eventually. She was in you know Clone Wars. Yes. So I'm waiting for that. Uh, the Ezra guy, he's he's the main character. He, he seems yeah. like in trouble. He's like a young kid that's learning to be a Padawan, mm-hmm. and he's not getting the classic Jedi training. It seems like every Jedi we focus on does not get the classic Jedi training, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah, we don't actually ever get that. It's always like I don't think we should train this kid, and then they do. Ah, he sticks around. We got to train him. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole story. That's every story. Yeah. They don't have any British brunettes on this, so it's less Uh, fun. You don't like it now? I don't. I like it as much, as much as Force Awakens. But uh, I just like digging into the mythos. I'm not super Mm. concentrated, memorizing every aspect. I'm not a super nerd, but I'm enjoying it. It's a fun time. I I thought it was going to be too kiddish. That's what I thought. um, I see. Because I try to do the Star Wars everything, watch everything that's Star Wars. Yeah. And I couldn't get through Clone Wars because I thought it was too kiddish. I think it it does the same thing where it gets more adult later on, at least yeah. more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what my problem with that was the jumping around in time because it's not in chronological order. It is still in between the second and third movie, uh-huh. uh, but it is in a non-chronological order. Okay. Well, I, I kind of dropped it. So maybe I'll, I'll catch up and just watch Rebels. I think you should do it. Yeah. I think, I've seen some of I think I've seen the first season of Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I want to see what the big bad is. Maybe it's going to connect in some of the mm-hmm. other Star Wars stuff even more than I think. What's cool about Rebels and the Mandalorian is there's Mandalorians in Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. There's a character on the team, yes. Sabine, yeah. who's, who's got that. It's kind of like a too stylish of a Mandalorian helmet. It's like oh, yeah. purple and orange. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, uh, efficient. There, I remember there was a lot of rumors back when like Last Jedi was coming out of mm-hmm. who's raised parents, and there was lo- yeah. rumors that she was like a lineage of Sabine and Ezra. Huh. But nope, she's a Palpatine. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I want to check out, maybe finish Rebels. Yeah, I'm just kind of casually watching it, uh, not, not super concentrating, but it's a good show. I like it. I want more Star Wars in my life. Yeah. Actually, like we said, we were recording early, so by the time this drops, a new Mandalorian episode had already come out. It was great, wasn't wow, it? That was the best one. That uh, explosion? Yeah. yeah. Did you see the part when he did the thing? There's a smaller Yoda. <laughs> An even babier Yoda? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I yeah, Mandalorian has been kicking ass this season. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, how much more do we have? You think? I think four more episodes. Oh, that's not enough. We're at six, and I think there's ten in season one. That's not enough. So, well, are we gonna see any more Boba Fett? I th- we've got to right. We only got like a ending credit scene. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like okay, he's by himself now. He's... No, dude. Are no, we gonna dude. see any more Ahsoka? Maybe not. I think we we got a we got a good amount of her. I can believe they're not using her anymore. We'll dig into other stuff. Are we gonna see the big bad that was name dropped in Ahsoka's episode? I'm wondering. I don't think so. Honestly, I think that was kind of her thing. Okay, her her storyline. Do you think she'll get her own show? She did a good job, Rosario Dawson. I think she nailed it. Yeah, yeah, and the the makeup effects on her looked like perfect. I was thinking that whatever you call it, that thing around her crown, her head. Yeah, it's a flash. Is it hair? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was gonna look dumb, and for a second, I thought it did. 
but it grew on me after a while. It's believable that it's a part of her. What even is that? It's just more flesh? I don't know what it is. I just truly believe her skin was orange. <laughs> but yeah, really good effects on that. The, the lightsabers were awesome too. Yeah. There's so much going on this season. With like the the clone experiments that they're doing on the troopers. Yes. To the, the big bad that Ahsoka's after to... Learning more about uh, Baby Yodes to like now where he has to go to bring him now. Yeah, um, what's gonna happen? Um, like even like the other Mandalorian stuff. Yeah, um, what's going on with the other Mandalorians? Mm-hmm. I want to know more about that. Gosh, that just means we're not gonna get answers for so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's from a galaxy far, far away. It's gonna take a a long time to get here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, do you have anything else for side stories? That's it for me. I've just been enjoying uh, Star Wars Rebels. Cool. All right. Well, I'll try to get into that too. And if you guys want to subscribe, you could do that on all podcast platforms. Yeah. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, stream us on Spotify. And if you can, please leave us a review. That really helps. And you could recommend um, what comics you'd like us to, to do. Yeah, to do for the podcast. Uh, also, you know, let us know also on all those social medias, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Let us know when, after you review, <laughs> review us, yeah. do us, do us a whole lot of favors, mm-hmm. you know, we can use it. I need all the notifications to pop up. Yeah. Saying yeah. that someone has done something. Find us at the Reader Copy Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys. Thank you for listening this long. We'll be back next week. Another comic book. Um, and you won't want to miss it. So uh, we'll see you then. Until then, Daniel, could you hear him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Bye. Later. Bye.